And here we are. Welcome back to another episode of Conversations with Chuck with the man himself. And back from some wanderings around the world in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, trip over the pond. Into uh, did, uh, Austin to Atlanta to JFK to Bordeaux, um, Bordeaux, France, and was there for a uh, better part of five or six days. Um, I'd have to look at a calendar that seems right in my head, but also the overall yeah. timeline kind of breaks. And then uh, drove from Bordeaux to Amsterdam in the Netherlands. Um, did a nice. seminar there for the weekend and then uh, drove back down and then flew back out of Bordeaux. Um, stopped in Paris along the way and dropped a couple friends and fellow coaches and employees off in uh, Paris. And uh, so a good time nice. was had by all. A good time was had by Hall. I think uh, in some of our internal meetings for Fitfiliate, the reference was Charles was eating croissants and drinking coffee for the week. So that was the... I, I put on <laughs> 11 pounds in my... Wow. But I mean, it all, like, it all just like put it's... the shit out. But mostly yeah. it was croissants. I fucking love a good croissant. And they don't come much better than over there. And it's it's interesting you've just had on this trip because uh, I had scheduled for things to talk about is... Um, and I know that you... You know, the point of this podcast is things for Liam to learn and to to grow from as well but some life lessons that travel teaches you because it can be a pretty good teacher when it comes to things like resilience and um you know just being open to uh new experiences new cultures and and make you an all-round better human and we encourage you know everyone should travel somewhere and and be you know get that experience I think that one of the largest downfalls of Western society in the Americas is that there's not more international travel, like as a built-in default for like Americans, specifically like oh. Americans, Latin Americans, Central America, they still do a lot of travel to like different countries, but yep. people in the States need to get out of the States or, you know, even within the States, like seek for more variance and variety. Travel is an incredible life lesson and teacher. And there's a lot of very tangible, tactical, like literal like pieces of advice and guidance, but there's there are a few things quite like shit show travel that'll reveal somebody's <laughs> character to you. So I oh, think maybe earlier episode that like that had been a thing that we had talked about, you know, that like mm. worked out well for Vanessa and I. But if anybody is in an interpersonal relationship, whether it's romantic or like business partners, like whatever, if you need to vet an enormous timeline <laughs> worth of a relationship, like y'all just take a shitty international trip together and like you'll mm. see if you're compatible humans. Yeah. That's why I look at those uh, reality shows like The Amazing Race and and stuff like that, where they, you know, have to, you know, work together. And it's like, oh, we're doing this to to strengthen our relationship. I went, oh, you're not going to be a couple by the end of this. this Strengthen, pressure test, you know, same. <laughs> yeah, it just makes me laugh. Like, oh, this is travel at the extreme, and yeah, cool. That's the perfect person to do it with. Well, and like, so I think that's like one of, you know, not just like the people, personalities, relationships, but I think part of the nature of travel in the truer sense is that it gives us a tangible way to wrap our heads around the idea of the journey rather than the destination. Mm. Like if, if you in your travels, as you in your personal life, as in you and your goals, like in whatever construct, any of those things are materialized, if you are wholly and solely focused on the destination or the outcome or like the goal itself, and you are not engaged and able to enjoy the process, man, you're going to have a bad fucking time. <laughs> um, yep. 
And travel travel's a good way to force you to just eat that truth in a digestible way because you know, 15 hours to get to the other side of the world is like a pretty fucking remarkable feat that should give us quite a pause for like gratitude and abundance <laughs> and appreciation. But you know, like, yeah, you're not there until you're there. So you might as well make the most of the process of getting there and that is mm. easier said than done but planning certainly makes it a whole lot better and so like trying to weave the ordinary and the esoteric together travel is made much better when you have lower expectations and better preparation and i think like those are also two huge life lessons like lower your expectations <laughs> and double down on your preparation and like you're probably gonna end up pretty well off more often than not yeah you'd be pretty happy it's um and it, there's so many you can you can plan and prepare, but there's so many variables that you just are out of your control. So it's learning to accept those and adapt to those. Like you may have lined up five flights in a row, but just because you've done that doesn't mean the airline company's yeah. going to do that. Or you know, it's that's that's not necessary. And they you know they're not they don't care necessarily that you're upset about that that it's ruined your timing like well, that's right it's just at the end of the day like, well, so you still get to the other side of the fucking planet in 15 hours don't be a dick about it and you're like all right yeah. fair enough like do you want to take your jet yeah yeah that and... one grounds people at the airport real fast i like i end up intermittently just by the nature of who i am being like this conflict resolver when travel gets really <laughs> shitty and people are being like terrible to all the ticketing agents and the gate yeah. agents it's it's easy enough to be loud enough and polite enough to reframe things for some other people. Yeah. Like, oh, and so, it's... You know, flights delayed six hours. Well, you know, I guess at least we're not in a horse-drawn wagon and fucking 1842 <laughs> trying to go New York to Oregon. And, you know, a third of us would die with dysentery by the time we got to the Mississippi. So, like, yeah, I guess six hours to get to the other side of the country. Not that bad. Yeah, not that bad. And it's, you know, you could spend that that delay time being pissed off and angry and, you know, um, just absorb yourself in that. Whereas you could go, okay, well, I can't control it. Learn how to chill, and you have a much more relaxed, peaceful time out, and try and look for the win in it. Like, oh, I get to finish my book or whatever. It's like, yeah, well, I mean, you, there's you just like choose your path. You can fucking do so. Yeah, yippee yeah, it's, it, Or I mean, like, you know, or if it is go. bothersome enough to you, can you find a thing that you can do that is within your control? And like, I have had. I have had travel that has gone far enough sideways that the priority of the destination or like the goal that reframed what the travel experience was going to be. And it's not always easy, um, but there have been times that I've rebooked to a different airport to rent a car, to drive to another airport, to make another flight, because like that's just how the hand of cards was dealt. Mm. Um, but you have that, you know, if you can go about that and think, you know, it's not the destination, it's a journey. It's like you have experiences then along that journey that you'll reflect on later and it'll be a funny story or a, oh, remember that time. Yeah, once you're out of the like, heat of the is, moment, that you've is, got that thing. That's a big consolation prize that I figured out early in life. I figured that out in my like late teens or early 20s. Like as long as you didn't die, you're at least going to get a good story out of it. And on a long enough <laughs> timeline, like hopefully the lessons end up proving worth some weight. But yeah. It's true that usually like the shit showier travel is or a business situation or a client or like insert whatever, like the yeah. mess, the message, the struggles, the story, like those are the things that are the really generally more often than not, like the defining milestone moments and experiences of our own lives. Mm. 
Probably had an, an enormous number of like amazing Christmas mornings through your life, yep. right? How yep. sticky are most of those memories? Yeah, it's yeah. Like they're really not like the the sticky no, memories are suffering. So like if you can if you can wear it with a fucking smile and find some perspective, then you're on your you're way to a life better lived. And it's and it's understanding that you know seeing that you've got a capacity to deal with change and you know being flexible and um when you know when the shit does hit the fan where's that resilience that we have that okay well now i need to go into you know i need to live in the solution not you know sitting here crying because my flight's cancelled isn't going to help me like okay how do i work around this now well like you know assume that like the art of or the, the the travel itself is fine being in a different place is a, an immediate rewiring of your own like expectations and reality. Mm. Like, let's yep. say your travel goes great, but you end up in another country where you mm. are separated from like the cultures, the customs, you're separated from the language, you don't understand the currency, like you don't know where anything is, you don't have phone service, you don't have Wi-Fi, and you're like, oh. I'm still this living human being, like, going about my shit. And I guess, that, like, yeah, I just need to kind of figure it out. Because mm. we end up, maybe, maybe there's, like, an interesting reflection that is, like, if we don't have enough external things to figure out, we're stuck trying to figure ourselves out. And that shit is, like, way harder and messier. <laughs> but, like, it's easy to lose sight of figuring stuff out when you're in your day-to-day because like it is figured out like you know that your phone's gonna work you know that the lights are gonna turn on you know where all of your shit is you know how to like make money spend money you know where to get the things you know where the people are you know how to talk to them but being dropped on the other side of the planet's a an interesting opportunity to have all of those things point to nope nope and and also not necessarily knowing where to go to resolve any of that like you know, when people travel, it's like, oh, well, what happens if I get sick or where do I go? Or are they going to be able to understand me to, you know, to tell me even, you know, simple things as in ordering meals or taxis or, or anything like that. And all of a sudden you go from living in this warm, comfortable bubble and then you go, you know, away from that. And it's like, you're not now not the smartest person in the room necessarily yeah and if you you're not you're not big that, dick energy it's yeah you've got to be yeah. humble you, it's such you know. an easy opportunity to grow so fast like if you can just embrace maybe like one of the big lessons in travel besides like rewriting expectations is like dude you're gonna fuck it up you're gonna yeah. feel stupid you're not gonna know how it works people aren't gonna know what you're talking about you're not gonna know what they're mm-hmm. talking about like you sit in a very interesting place you know truly into adulthood when you are faced with another adult and you're like i am about to shit my pants and i have no fucking clue how to get the rickety ass key to that rickety ass old bathroom in old timey fucking france and it's like 300 year old like shitter hmm. Hmm. it's just like it's humbling in the best way that like yeah man we're we're fucking fancy monkeys with cars and clothes like yep everybody no matter where they're at in the game like Everybody knows what it's like to be in a foreign country and have to poop and not know how to make that shit go down. And like that humanizes all of us. And like the the beggars to the billionaires, everybody's had to take a desperate poop somewhere. Somewhere. And it's, you know, creates that little bit of empathy when it's flipped as well. That, you know, you sometimes people can be impatient if they're dealing with someone who's 
you know, in their country and their English isn't great or they're, they don't know, well, why don't you know where the bathroom is or, you know, it's pretty yeah. simple for us. And then having that understanding and, and empathy going, well, yeah, if I was over there, I wouldn't necessarily know. And, and it's, it's humbling, you know, that you're not, you know, the, 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 the big person. It's like, oh, hang on a minute. I'm actually the bottom of the food chain here right now. Yeah, like I am I am one step away from literally like a lost eight year old. Yeah. I'm a lost thirty-eight-year-old. Really the yeah. only thing is that like I'm just in a bigger body and if you can help me out along the way, I have the ability to access some funds. But outside of that, like, yeah, you might as well be like a kid lost at the fucking supermarket. Yeah, you got nothing. And and like you you said at the start, it really does show people's true character when they're in some of those situations. Like we've all seen the stories or, or heard of people who go into that then and instead of being humbled or, you know, just trying to navigate it, they go in with the full, you know, big dick energy and they're like demanding and you'll tell me and, and that just does not work well. Oh, you that know, is, get... that's an interesting thing to watch fall flat on its face. I, I got a lot of exposure to that, honestly, growing up in Sarasota because it's a huge tourism destination. Mm. And there, there's a lot of cultures, at least like what I have come to see of it, I would associate more with like a lot of um, in Latin America and the Middle East, people with like power, prominence and like income, mm. they're used to being able to like reshape the world in a very different way. Yeah. And you're just like, nope, that's not how it works <laughs> at all. Uh, you know, I've got a, one, of my, one of my buddies spent some time coaching in the Middle East and he said that like he would have people that would come in as clients and they're like, so how, how much for a pull up? It's like, it doesn't <laughs> work like that. Like, not at all. Any amount of money no. will not fucking result. Like, it just, it doesn't work like that. And they're like, right. But I said any amount of money. So how much does it take to get a pull up? And you're like, uh, yeah. I guess a reframe is in order. But yeah, man, it's, it's wild to just be forced to like shape yourself around the world rather than have the ability to shape the world around you because so many of your tools and your skills become so ineffective when you're separated mm. from your ability to like read, write, speak and have familiarity. So it's like a hugely yeah. valuable experience for sure. And I think I was just thinking about it then that um, travel sort of almost makes us, you know, become more condensed. So, you know, in our normal day-to-day -day lives, we have our houses and, you know, spread out and we can do whatever we want. When we travel, we're automatically stuck in this little flying tin can Um and at close proximity with other people that you don't know, and you're all hurtling through space and time together. And then your world gets very small, ironically, when you're in somewhere that you don't know the language, you don't know, you know, necessarily the customs and you, you're trying yeah. to navigate yourself. And it's all of a sudden it's like on you rather than I can look around and I can put I my can hand up and, and something will happen. Collective. Like there's, there's yeah. enough other people here that'll help save the day for me if I get in over my head. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people that like, you know, at least I know for me that I very rarely do I get as much clarity and insight as I do when I travel. Mm. Um, and there's also very, I was, I was actually talking with Vanessa about this. So I, I went on my like married gallivant about Europe for nine days and got back <laughs> immediately for her to head out to Phoenix <laughs> to go like lecture and teach and train yeah. for three days. And we had a good conversation um, as she was coming back in and found consistency with both of us. And I'm curious now to expand the sample size. But on the second half of the return trip travel, 
a profound feeling and sense of coming home has mm. both of us very often sitting into much better states of gratitude and abundance. Mm. There's a lot of times that exiting for travel, especially on the front half of the first trip, is mm. like a, a, a feeling of escapism almost. You're like mm. leaving problems behind. You're like I'm going getting away. Out the sense of adventure but the culmination yeah. of the travel back is the return to home um mm. and it's just yeah we we ended up having a really good conversation that she's like I, I spent probably an hour looking through old pictures and videos on my phone of like you and liam and us building the house and the gym mm. our travel and i was like interesting i do the same thing um at the same mm. point i travel pretty consistently yeah look it it is i know that when you know i'm going somewhere it's like cool you know the trip can take however long it takes. It's exciting. It's whatever. But when I know that I'm coming home, I just want to get home. I just want to be home. Like suddenly that uh, 12-hour road trip, which was pretty cruisy on the way down, is awful on the way back. And it's the same thing. You're thinking about, you know, the things that you have missed out on while you were there and 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 wanting to be home. I just want to get back to home. So, you know, quite often if I've um, gone somewhere and, like even down to where we were parking the car before getting a flight, it's like, well, we could get the airport pickup service. I went, yeah, look, that's 45 minutes when we land. Like, I'm just going to want to get out oh, of there. Oh, dude, I, so I am with We're parking that. at the airport. trip itself, but yeah. like those little pieces, I will fucking lose my shit. I, <laughs> I, I will park yeah. like, I will park in the garage at the airport yep. within like the first three floors. Like it has to yep. be accessible. I won't park off site. Yep. Like get no. me back in control. I think that's the thing like, for me is really at that point, like I want to be in control again. And that's a big piece yeah. of it. Cause the timelines probably don't really shift that much, but like one more mm. thing that I could have otherwise mitigated would make me feel like a real yep. fucking stupid asshole. <laughs> well, and you're sitting there for half an hour waiting for somebody to come and get you. It's like, if I'd parked at the airport, I could be in my car and I could be just about home by now. Um, yep. And so I've been, you know, terrible on return trips because I'm like, I just, if if I get um, delayed many years ago, I lived in Sydney for a while and, you know, I'd fly back and forth and guarantee on the trip back to home, wherever that was at that particular time, you know, there'd be delays and stuff. You're like, I just want to get home. That's, you know, and you walk through the door and you're like, ah, Oh, uh, it feels so good. It like it yeah. smells good. It feels good. The air is better. <laughs> and Plus, even I'm like that... Vanessa almost always like leaves me a very nice, tidy, organized, clean house to come home to. I don't always do the yeah. same for her, but I'll usually get like a couple <laughs> fucking projects done or something. No, um, yeah. small world shit. My first international trip was Sydney. Oh wow, there you go. That was the, the first time I traveled abroad, which was nice because it was still English speaking. But it yeah. was it was a devastating beating of a trip, just like <laughs> as far as travel, the act itself yeah. goes. Um, yeah. I think it was Tampa to Atlanta to LAX yeah. to Sydney. And, then, and that LAX to Sydney push is a fucking lifetime. I don't remember how long that actual flight is. I think it's like 14 hours, something like I that. I wanted to say like 14 to 16. I think 14 yeah. one direction, 16 back, depending on how the wind is going. Um, yeah. And I hadn't realized until I was midway through that flight, like, holy shit, I've never sat for this long at any point in my entire yeah. life. 
And yeah. a lot of people are like, well, I've gone on these long road trips. Like, fuck you, buddy. Because when you go on a road trip, like, you get out, you get gas, you walk around that whole fucking shitty, you know, grocery <laughs> yeah. store. You get to go in, like, a real bathroom. Yeah. And when you're on no. a 15-hour flight, you're just, like, the most walking you do is in the aisle. But it's, like, terrible turbulence. And I've taken nine <laughs> steps in the last yeah. nine hours, and I can feel blood clots forming. Like, this is so bad for me. I know, like, so I've never travelled outside Australia, but I flew once from Sydney to Perth, and that was a six-and-a-half-hour flight. And I'm, I'm like, going to say eight. Eight would have been my guess, but, yeah. Yeah, Australia and I'm like, large. how do I – what do I do for that? I'm used to a two-hour flight, and I was like, what am I doing that time? Like, it was just – yeah, it, yeah, it was tough. Six that to was eight six hours, hours is enough that, like, you have a psychological skill set for, because, like, six to eight hours, like, that's a work day, or that's, like, yep. you know – a weekend hangout like there's a lot of yeah six to eight hour blocks that have existed in most people's lives where like they can wrap their head around that amount of time like not mm. doing a thing mm. but like when you check off like eight to ten ten to mm. twelve twelve to fourteen like it really yeah. is both the best and, and the worst honestly so like there's a huge piece of it for me very guilty adult pleasure that like i can just sit and devour an entire book yeah. Like, you know, to be able to watch like four movies in a row. Yeah. There's some like real guilty pleasure shit on a long trip, but like you better be ready for your back to fucking hurt your hip. <laughs> and and loosen when you get there. I, I mean, for Australians to even get to the UK, it's, you know, a 24 hour flight. It's yeah. just, it's well, yeah. just not good flight plans either. It'd probably be like, no. it'd be from wherever you're at to Sydney to Singapore to Heathrow, probably. And like, yeah, you know. or Dubai. But yeah, it's, it's a, it's a long hop. So, um, yeah, maybe like, I don't know, making long trips better, um, mm. have an expectation that it's going to be a shockingly long amount of time spent seated, especially if you, if you don't factor in like the ability for it to go wrong. Mm. Like I have, I have seen that break people on a plane, yeah. not in like a really dramatic, crazy way, but you know you've allocated mental bandwidth for a flight of like this length, but that's, mm. that's assuming that there's not like cancellations and delays beforehand. That's assuming mm. that you don't like taxi out and sit on the tarmac for like an hour and a half with no AC or no bathroom. Mm. So just that's... like be okay with the expectation that even on a longer flight, the flight itself might be the least of your worries. Um, mm. Pack fucking like get good headphones Mm. Good headphones are a, a necessary thing past about four hours. You can kind of make it with like any headphones for about four hours, but then like after that, you really want some decent headphones. Mm. Have a good eye mask. Have ear plugs as well, because like yes. sometimes you don't want to just like rock headphones because your ears start to feel like shit from both varieties, like in ear and over yeah. ear. Mm. You just don't want to have like that digging in, but like a nice foam pair of like earplugs or if you get some actual fitted ones those are good so sleep mask earplugs headphones those are necessary i travel with xanax like mm. if i if i'm going to travel any type of big time zone difference or if there's something that's going to be hugely disruptive to like my patterns my sleep or just sitting for a long time mm. takes xanax not because i get like truly anxious but it allows yeah. me to exercise more control with my state and like my sleep cycles and stuff mm -hmm. Travel with ibuprofen, um, just yeah. like, you know, especially like those, you know, in that may listen to this and I would venture to guess Liam will be like one of these dudes. Like if you do a fair bit of working out or moving, it starts to feel really shitty to not be able to move 
and you might have mm. some, some like low grade tendinopathy stuff that like you don't know is really bothersome. You know, you know, for me, like my knees feel fine as I go about daily life all the time. But after I pass about like six hours of sitting or so, whether it's in a flight or a car, like mm. patellar tendinopathy yeah. stuff starts to feel kind of gross. So like ibuprofen is yeah. just a good thing to have. Even if it's not for you, for a friend, because like, man, you run into somebody that's like going through their own version of travel hell. Yeah, being able to give them some ibuprofen is like it is a gift from the gods. Yeah, to make somebody's day. Um, yeah, some tape. I'm I'm a big fan of like some athletic tapes, like like some yep. soft tape because it's a little bit more resilient. It'll adhere to a bunch of different stuff that you don't always plan on necessarily taping, and yeah, you haven't vetted your shoes. Um, don't take brand new shoes on any kind of longer distance trip. <laughs> no. Uh, unless you fucking love playing it loose and fast and dangerous. <laughs> I have seen new shoes wreck people in foreign countries and then trying to like buy shoes. And you can't figure out the sizing and your money doesn't fucking work right. Like you don't know where to go. You're like, I want to go to a champs. And they're like, we don't have champs. Now. I want to go to Foot Locker. I don't know what the fuck a Foot Locker is. So like <laughs> pay attention yeah. to your footwear. What else? While we're, while we're going be, through be I got comfortable. Bag at hand, so this is actually like pretty fitting that you asked. Um, Get a good flashlight. Oh, I've never get thought about good, that. Get a good flashlight and keep it in your carry-on bag. This thing has saved the day more times than I can count. More recently in France when I thought I lost my passport for the return trip and was going to have to go and make an appointment in Paris to go get an emergency passport. Uh, but it was hidden in the rental car. But I wouldn't have found it without the oh. flashlight. There you go. That's very. That's a good tip. If you are traveling international, um, I would advocate for taking two different types of international power adapters um, in the event that one gets lost or broken, um, or mm -hmm. in the event that like you are, if you're not traveling alone, you'll be somebody's fucking savior when you were like a thousand <laughs> miles from anything else. And they're like, I don't have an adapter. And you're like, I got you covered. So yeah, that one's for you, Sean. You're, you're my one on the last trip. Um, <laughs> I take a lot of gum when I travel, mm -hmm. I kind of like just move that through, but you don't know when, um, especially if you're going through a lot of altitude yeah. when you're driving or flying, if like you end up needing like pressure sinus release stuff, yep. that's helpful. Yep. Plus super long flights, your teeth brushing cycles and cadence can get fucked up. And I'm really bad yep. about like, I, after I make it through security, oh man, we can talk a lot about travel stuff. I got like <laughs> I I have taken like a shitload of trips. Uh, yeah, which is what made me think about it because I was like, you are very widely traveled through, you know, life, but also through your different roles in life. So, you know. This is just like, this is from basically like post COVID because um, I didn't think about it until it was like too late. So these are. Yeah. Wow. Yep. <laughs> wow. And that's post COVID. Uh, there might be like a little bit predating it, but like not yeah. a ton. And like that's yeah, for sure wow. not a lifetime thing. That was like something I was like, oh, I haven't cleared this out in a while. And I was like, you know what? You should let it let it keep going. <laughs> it's um uh really funny that everyone has a blip in their their travel through COVID where you know everything was grounded for a time, but it's you know, everyone's like, Oh, here's all my trips, and now all they've got is Facebook memories to share of their trips because they're like haven't done a trip in three years, but now right. everything's opening up. Everyone's like, woohoo, get me on a plane. I'm out of here. Yeah. No, the, the airports have been wild. This is for sure yeah. like the summer back to travel for people. Um, yeah. I keep a, uh, I keep a specifically a zip up and zip down like hoodie 
in yeah, my carry-on bag yeah. when I travel. Um, zipper get on because and off. it's easier to get on and off, but I will often put it on backwards on a flight, just like mm -hmm. unzip my arms through, and then you've got like a sweet hood for taking naps. Yep. <laughs> that works out pretty well. I take a lot of snacks. I usually yep. take an enormous number of snacks. I will generally take enough snacks that when I go through security, I have pulled the snacks out separately to just let them run because <laughs> it like seems weird when somebody has like a bag of food, but yeah. Don't like, be a dick I'm... with your snacks as a caveat. Like, be a considerate human and not a, a shithead. I have seen people, I saw a lady just go like fucking at it with a can of tuna on a flight once. That was not okay. I that is not okay. Steamed broccoli out of Tupperware, also not okay. I did have a dude roll in with like a gallon Ziploc bag who was sitting next to me full of grapes, just like entirely jam packed. It was like a fucking brick of grapes and he was trying to share them with everybody and everybody was very suspect. I mean, nice gesture, yes. but Not grapes okay. are a weird thing to share on a plane with strangers. Um, also, <laughs> those are kind of delicate. So maybe don't travel with delicate food that can broken easily. Yeah. And uh, they can go through your bag as well. Yeah. Normally take like protein bars. Yeah, and some. Yeah. I, I take. I took a lot of popcorn for a long time. Um, mm -hmm. That one I think is a, a sticky one that I will stay with because it lets me kind of just like mindlessly eat something with low caloric density. Because I like to have a snack when I watch movies and when I read. Yeah, and it's not gonna yeah kill you, but you, you can feel like you're having that little snack of yeah yeah. yeah. And you can buy them in the portable small little bags. And um, I definitely think uh, being able to ensure that. If you're going to rebottle things, that uh, you need to have good lids and good seals. Oh yeah, I I have wound up places where I've then gone into my toiletries bag and like there's just sludgy shampoo everywhere. You're like, yeah, hmm. if you're going to take anything that isn't like super viscous and thick, like any kind of liquid that is a little bit more liquidy, I would individually bag it and then put it into a separate like bag of all the things. But I I've yeah. seen that go wrong with Vanessa more often than uh, myself. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's well, that's just the products we usually carry with us. But yeah, there's just the amount of times where I've opened it and go, oh, that powder, it's just gone over. And I bet the first cool. time it happened, you were fucking livid. And then the second yeah. time you have it, you're like, ah, travel shit. Just like, oh, just go get another one. It's fine. Just yep, you, the, uh, wash you... it off, dump the bag, and go. Yeah. And like, that is the nice thing about like when travel things do go awry or don't work out well. You'll be far better at managing it again in the future. Um, and that is that is a nice piece of comfort to take in when bad travel situations arise is knowing that the likelihood of that bad thing happening again in the future, as long as it's like a within reason thing, like hopefully you're not yeah. getting that multiple times, but like, <laughs> you know, having issues yeah. with your phone or your rental car, or your hotel, yeah. like things like that. It's like, dude, it's an inevitability. Even traveling like domestically in Australia, I've had, uh, I was we went to Sydney for something and rocked up at the hotel and they're like, cause we'd done it through a, a last minute, you know, booking site or whatever, a discount booking site, rock up at the hotel. No, there's no booking for you. We're like, uh, shit. Hey. And they, they, and we couldn't find the confirmation email because that actually hadn't come through. Yep. And then it's like, uh, do you have any rooms? Cause Don't yeah. And, it, that. and you just kind of had that minute of, well, if they don't have rooms, where are we staying now tonight? Like this is, you know, we picked this because it was close to the airport and da-da-da-da. Um, yeah, and it just throws you for that second. It's like, okay, what what now? They don't have a book. How can that How can that be? And you're like, 
Oh, well, actually, earlier I didn't pay attention that I did not. I have found that, like, there yes. are all kinds of times I wanted to be mad at somebody behind a desk, but, man, the only person I could be mad at was that asshole in the mirror. Yeah, and, and, it, and you know, I hadn't done this booking, which was rare, and I just hadn't double-checked it once it was done. So, yeah. Oh, I've, um, booked, I've booked entirely the wrong airport. I uh, <laughs> The first seminar I did back from COVID was in Morgantown, West Virginia. I've mentioned that mm -hmm. previously because that's where I was exposed to The Power of Moments by Chip Heath, which is one of my yep. favorite books of all time. But I got into the airport and I mapped. Like I got, I went to the fucking rental car pickup, picked up the rental car, got in there, put in my little Google Maps, plugged it in, got it all hooked up to the Bluetooth. And it was like, your drive time is six hours and 43 minutes. And I was like, that can't be right. I, I must have just copied and pasted like the wrong address. Mm. <laughs> nope. I nope. Uh, I had like, I had gone into, it was either like Pittsburgh or Philadelphia that I had flown into and I should have flown into the other. Um, yeah. But fuck me, right? And uh, yeah. had that happen. I mean, I've, I've done so many things wrong. I've booked like wrong dates, wrong locations. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. like the more travel you do, I have found at least for myself that I get a little bit more complacent with it and maybe it's because yeah. you weather so many storms where you're like eh, it's fine whatever happens we'll figure it out and then you're like yeah. you could have made that a lot easier on yourself by just taking like 30 seconds and reading a little bit slower <laughs> and you're like son of a bitch my greatest yep. enemy is myself once again done it again um the other thing with travel is traveling that that can cause people you know stress is traveling with kids and family in general oh, yeah um, how have you tackled like taking Liam out and about? And oh, you know, man, um, we've spoken fucking, how he's we just we, we if we do anything, we generally do it big and dumb, and that's <laughs> that's good. I'm gonna turn this light on real quick because it, it just got really rainy and dark, and so like yep. my camera can't figure out the fucking white balance, which is why it looks <laughs> like I I don't know just got like gamma radiation, like I'm a fucking transformer into like a red Hulk. Um, so we have done a fair bit of travel with. Liam, his whole life, which up to this point, you know, is four and a half years, but that also includes COVID. So we kind of missed a window in there. But mm. we, uh, I mean, we moved from Sarasota to Austin when he was the better part of like eight weeks old, something like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like that was, that was not only a long drive because we road tripped it because of the things that we were moving, but it's also, you know, an entire relocation and so that's for sure an element of travel um we when he was see one or two it's when he was approaching it had to be going into being two it was the tail end of him being one because it was right before covid we went to um was it switzerland or sweden it doesn't really matter um it was Switzerland. We went into Switzerland and then um, went from Switzerland to France for a like a ski snowboard trip. Uh, so did that as a, a fucking sizable long haul travel. <laughs> yeah. We knew that <clears throat> we knew that the travel itself and the jet lag would be problematic, but we for sure underestimated the the continued difficulty of the time difference. You know, it's not quite mm -hmm. like where you can rationalize yourself. You're like, all right, it's a seven hour time difference. Like I'm going to oh. feel X. And this is the thing that I would want to do. And this is how I can like manage it well. So we mm. relative to travel with a kid, like pay attention to time zones, not just overall schedules and also altitude. Um, Cause I think mm -hmm. being up in the Alps was 
I think he was more sensitive to that than we probably would have appreciated at the moment. Um, yeah. I remember um, Colin, who's a big fan of the show, he, uh, he and his wife, Jess, had Poppy, and she was not one yet. I think she was about eight or nine months, and they uh, headed off to the UK and Iceland with her on, on a big trip. And it's like, you know, um, oh, she'd, yeah. been, she'd been sleeping really well up until that point, and then, you know, she started teething right on that trip, and she never slept great after that. And then recently he's just gone to Melbourne. Now he's got their second child, Henry. He's like, okay, travelling with two. Totally different experience than going around the world with one. Traveling with two, I don't, I don't have the ability to empathize. Like Liam, Liam is mm. a a challenging kid at times, and like in all the best ways, in all the ways yeah. that like I feel very, very confident about his ability to manage like life later on. But like, mm. holy shit, does not make for an easy kid to travel with. Yeah. But he's funny. So yeah. our uh, our trip to France, there was no like real travel debacle on the way over, but coming back we were grounded on the tarmac forever. It was something mechanical. And so like, you know, the whole shit show. But it's like, not reassuring. Get out. They, they really prefer not to have to go back to the gate. And for anybody that's like, why would that be the case? Because if it's international and you've taxied out, if you go back to the gate from there, then you have to re-clear customs. Um, so mm. like if you're ever international and you feel like, man, we've sat here for a long time, we should just go back to the airport. Mm, don't 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 wish that into the universe unless it's like absolutely necessary but anyway mm. he was he was having like a hell of a time just being a vocal little dude on the flight on uh, on the tarmac waiting to come back and like it's yeah. got a good sense that he loves attention not in just the sense that most children and most humans do like attention but he very much so values humor as a mechanism yep. for attention he very much so wants to be funny Yep. <laughs> we were we were sitting on the plane and he eventually he was like sitting there, he's like, I'm so bored. And he got some chuckles from like the seats around us because everybody's like, Yeah, me too, kid. And he's like, Oh my god, I've got an audience. <laughs> oh no. It's taking forever. <laughs> We've been here our whole lives. We will die here. And that was that was funny. Inception time was wild. Um <laughs> We, we had an iPad that we used at the time when we traveled like longer distances and drives with him. And mm. it worked for sure um, for that, but then ended up being kind of like a device distraction issue at home. And it's wild mm. to see how quickly like our dopamine oh. receptors will wire themselves to Huge. that. So uh, yeah. honestly, like it was not too long after that trip. He'd gotten like I, I would say a fair bit like you know addicted to his like his mm. iPad, um, and it got broken in the car and we just never fixed it. And it's like the best thing that ever happened. But in mm. those earlier stages when he was like little little, mm. I think I would still do it again. Um, yeah. And then when you get to the ability to like reshape behavior a little bit easier, where there's not really a huge opportunity cost, I think like that's been managed pretty well. Yep. Um, and right on cue. This is a moment where Chuck was taken out by a storm. You may have heard some thunder earlier in the episode and that took out the power. So now you're going to have to wait for part two. So tune in later in the week where we'll get that uploaded for you. Hope you're enjoying the story so far though. And trust me, part two is even better. <laughs>